Well, amen. I am so glad to be here tonight. What a great place to be. Thank you for the worship. Can I just tell you that you guys, man, that's incredible. Yeah, you, you knocked it out of the park, and man, you lit my fire. It's so good. Brett, great job, man, with that song. God bless you. And Brother Brian, it's so good to see you again. I love your worship. To God be the glory and the, the choir and, the, man, the band. And, and uh, you know, I notice nothing happens unless he slaps those drumsticks together. Did you ever notice that? And I... I just know everything's waiting on that. I just when he, I, I'm just assuming when he thinks I'm through, he's just going to jump up there and slap those things, and I'll be through. They'll start the invitation. But anyway, I love the worship, man. You guys did a great job, and to God be the glory. Thank you so much, man. I, I love it. I really do. I, I love the passion, the energy of your worship. And you know, I was looking at Brother Brian. I was just sitting down there thinking, you know, um, I, you know, I was thinking it would be so great if I had Brother Brian's physique. And your pastor's hair. I was thinking, man, that would. I was just thinking, man, I would look a whole lot better because, you know, I'm just, I'm a little frail. I'm not, don't have a lot of muscle on me, but I'm thinking, that's one strong dude. And then his hair's never out of place. I'm telling you, it's, uh, and I just, I love him and his, his precious wife. They're, they're sweet, dear friends. And I, I really, I count it a, a joy and an honor to be back here. I really do. And thank you for opening your pulpit up. I know you don't do that lightly. So, Pastor, thank you, Brother Davin. I love you. You're a dear friend. And I thank God for you all. And thank you for allowing. You know, I was, in fact, I was looking at the program of speakers just a week or so ago. And I just was going down that list. Dr. Reginald Calvert, dear friends, been in my church many times Sunday morning. And uh, I, Brother Tom Richter was, was Sunday night. I love him. He's a who, didn't he? I'm telling you. And, you know, I don't know if you know this or not. He actually surrendered the ministry uh, under me as a teenager. He, we, I was pastoring Kentucky. He was 15 years old in a church, and he surrendered the ministry while I was pastoring Kentucky under me. I don't know what happened because he got a whole lot better than me. But anyway, he uh, and I love him dearly. And then Dr. Johnny Hunt was last night. In fact, I've watched all the programs and worshiped with you. And then Dr. Steve Gaines is tomorrow night, and, I, and here I am sandwiched in here tonight. I text him, and I said, what are you doing putting me on the lineup with all these speakers? But I am honored, and I'm privileged to be here to preach the Word of God to you tonight. And I didn't, you know, he, he called me and said, we had this scheduled, wasn't this scheduled before COVID at another time? At one time maybe, I don't remember. It seemed like you called me and said, hey, we're, we're going to reschedule it, or maybe I'm wrong, but, or maybe it was on, and said, hey, we're still going to do it. And I said to him, he said, would you come? And I said, well, sure, I'd be honored to come. I said, you do know that's election night, don't you? And he just said, as only a spiritual pastor would, like I should, but I didn't, and he did. He said, well, what better place would you want to be than on election night than in church? And I said, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so I'll be there. So anyway, yeah, anyway, if there's any late breaking news, we'll hold a second. Anyway, that no, nothing's new yet. We'll let you know, okay? So don't worry about it. I love his announcement early. We do know this. God is still on his throne. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Hey, let me, uh, let me jump in the message if I may tonight. I was thinking about what, what to share and uh, as, uh, just seeking the Spirit's direction. And I, I, I want to speak to you very simple on this message. Four characteristics of a real revival. And I would say to you, um, if your church is anything like my church or like any of our church, we probably need revival. I can't think of a better time to have revival than in what we're facing right now. I mean, I, I never dreamed that 
and, you know, we would be where we're at in America right now, would you? I mean, it's incredible to, to think about that this pandemic, this, this, this virus has been with us, I guess, since March. And, and like our church, you shut down for a period of time, and then we've come back with kind of social distancing. In fact, I walked in tonight, and to be honest with you, it kind of frightened me. A guy held up a pistol. Well, I realized he was... I thought it was a gun, but he was just taking my temperature. But anyway, he, he said, come over. And I said, yes, sir. And he stuck it on my head. I mean, who would ever dream we'd be in a, a situation like what we're in now? And if there was ever a time, I, I've never seen our, our nation, and I understand there, there's so much political turmoil and, and, and racial divide and, 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 and all that's happening in our, in our world, in our society, in our culture. If there was ever a time for a revival, it would be right now. If there was ever a time for God to just show up and show out in our churches, man, what a great time for God to move in and do what only He can do. And I don't know about you, but when I look at this nation, I realize how desperately, when I look at my church, when I look at my life, I realize how desperately we need a revival, an awakening. I'm talking about a a Holy Ghost movement of Almighty God. We need God to move as never before. I, I need Anybody here in the church need revival tonight? Why do I? I was thinking about this couple that needed revival in their marriage. They had been married quite some time, and they're falling out of love. And so the wife finally convinced the husband to go get counseling. So they go together, and they show up at this counselor's office, and she begins to unload to the counselor about her husband. You know, my husband, he never helps around the house. He never mows the yard. He never takes out the trash. All he does is watch ESPN. He doesn't help a bit. He just lays around. And finally, the counselor had all he could take, and he stood the wife up, leaned her back, and the counselor gave the wife the kiss of her life. I mean, stood her back up, her eyes big as silver dollars, smile as big as the moon. He looked to the husband and said, the husband, that's what your wife needs. And he said, is that all? I can bring her by every Tuesday and Thursday. Well, I don't know, but we, we need revival, right? I mean, I just, just, I won't spend a lot of time here. If you're church, we need a stirring in our churches, don't we? We need a, a mighty move of God. So what does that look like? Well, Acts chapter 11, if you brought your word, I hope you'll turn to Acts with me. You can turn in your word or turn on your word and look at Acts chapter 11, if you would. And let me just walk through this very simple, very message. Four characteristics of real revival. Acts chapter 11, beginning with verse 19. Let me give them to you. Four simple characteristics. Number one, and this might shock you. I'll be honest with you, Pastor. This one's kind of startled me, Brother Brian, Brother Brett. But when I look in the Word, I realize that revival happens typically during difficult times. Let me unpack that just a moment. But it's Acts 11, verse 19. And the Word says it this way. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, spreading the Word only among the Jews. Now, pause there just a moment. Go back to verse 19. Just hang there a second. Watch this. This happened during the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed. All right, now, now let me put it in context. This is Acts 11, okay? This is one of the greatest revivals ever recorded, not just in the Bible, but in all of history. This is the, the revival at Antioch. This church at Antioch is having revival. I mean, God is in the house. Man, I'm telling you, I mean, folks are getting saved. And lives are being changed. The Bible says there's great joy in the house. Their worship is off the chain. I'm telling you, God is just moving. Incredible. That's Acts 11. If you back up to Acts chapter 8, 
they're referencing this persecution that happened to Stephen. In fact, the Bible says that Stephen was killed. And at that time, Saul began to, the Bible says he began to drag off men and women, believers, and he began to put them in prison. And he dispersed them. Now, that's Acts chapter 8. So here was the idea. The idea was they were going to snuff out church and Christianity. And so the way to do that was to disperse these believers because they seemed to be gaining great encouragement from one another and great confidence from one another. So they decided, you know what? If we took this dear believer and we moved him way over here and we took this precious believer right here and we moved her way over there and we took this dear believer and we moved him way back there and we took this dear lady right here and we moved her way up there. If we separated everyone, while we'd get rid of this thing called Christianity and the church would die. But instead of the church dying, the church was growing. (laughs) And it happened At the time of this great persecution of Stephen. That's Acts chapter 8. And so the church began to spread. And in Acts chapter 11, we find this great revival that's happened in Antioch. Why? Because they had spread the gospel there. And God was moving in a powerful way. It happened during difficult times. I surrendered the ministry when I was 11 years old. I was saved when I was 8. Surrendered the ministry when I was 11 years old. You said, did you understand it? No, and I still don't. Still trying to figure it out. But early on in my ministry, Brother Brian, Brother Brett, Pastor, maybe you have felt this way. I I felt like if, if we could get all the circumstances just right, I mean, if we could create a perfect environment, then maybe God would show up and we would have revival. If we could create an environment where there was no gossiping, there was, there was no hatred, there was no pride, there was no backbiting. I, I mean, where there was tremendous unity and harmony in the church. and I mean, everything was exactly just perfect. And the circumstances were just right. Maybe, just maybe, God would show up when we finally got everything settled, everything's just perfect. And now that everything's perfect, maybe God will see fit to show up. But when I study the Word, it seems that God likes to interrupt situations when things are not going well. He shows up in the most dire circumstances. Think about this. I mean, I could give you many. When you think about Daniel, right, in the lion's den, and God shows up. You could think about little teenage David standing before nine-foot Goliath, and all he's got is a slingshot, but God shows up. You can think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this burning, fiery furnace. Even the guards that threw them in died, and yet God showed up. You could think about Moses standing before the Red Sea and, and Pharaoh's army behind him, and what happens? He raises that staff, and God Almighty shows up. I mean, I could just walk you through the whole word of God where it seems like we're at our wits end we don't know what else to do and then all of a sudden God Almighty shows up because we're finally at the end of ourselves maybe tonight maybe this is a call for America to, and the churches in America my church, your church to finally say you know what we're doing isn't working you know, as I travel to church here tonight, I, oftentimes if I have the opportunity, the blessing to go preach somewhere, I, I, I you typically like to go a few minutes early and drive around the community and just kind of look at the area and even driving here and been through the Pelham area quite often. And you probably, you've lived here for a long time. And if you're not careful, you just kind of come accustomed to the community. But when you're driving in for the first time, I, I challenge you to notice how many churches there are. They're everywhere. 
they're on every corner. They're, and now we have a, this great upstart of church plants. And so in every vacant shoe store and movie theater, and there'll be church plants here and church plants there. Do you know where to start? Church starting, church starting. I mean, church, traditional church here and, uh, you know, this kind of church here. Church, church is everywhere. And not just in Pelham. I'm, I'm just speaking in general. And I, I want to say to you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that we have more churches than we've ever had. And yet we've got a bigger mess than we've ever had. Hmm. If we ever needed a mighty move of God in my church, in your church, in the church, it is certainly now. Can I get an amen in the house? He shows up during difficult times. Maybe tonight you'd be honest and say, you know, my, my life's not hitting on all cylinders, Pastor. There's some issues in my life. I've got some great concerns. Maybe the election has you, you know, all wits in and all tore. I, I don't know. Maybe you're facing some issue in your, your family or maybe with your health or your finances. I, I don't know. But if your church is anything like my church, it's not perfect. We've got some issues. And I want to tell you, you are a prime candidate for a mighty move of a mighty God when we finally get to the point where we say, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you we lift our eyes over the hills and where our help comes from our help comes from the Lord God what we're doing isn't working we need a move of God we didn't come here tonight just to sing a few songs and watch watch brother Brian sweat amen anyway we listen we we didn't come here just to see this beautiful choir sing great hymns and shake hands and wave at people six foot apart and don't spit on them we we didn't come here friends just to show up and have church and say we had a fall revival God we did what you told us to do Listen, we came here because we need a move in our church. We need a move in our community. We need God to move in our schools. We need God to move in our nations. There's got to be a stirring in our nation tonight, my friend. It happens during difficult times. Do you have some problems, issues, troubles? You're a prime candidate. I'm a prime candidate for revival. You know, I wonder about these folks that say, I don't have any problems. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have any problems, you're not spiritual. You're weird. Can I get an amen? I mean, I'm telling you, life is full of trouble, right? Issues, problems. I tell my folks ever so often, if you don't have any issues, don't join our church because we'll mess you up. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I was in the worship just looking around at quite a few of you, and I noticed quite a few of you got issues, I can tell. Look at your neighbor tonight, would you, with a smile on your face. Look at your neighbor, say to them, don't spit on them now, just say to them, through your mask or six foot away, tell them you've got issues. Come on, would you? You've got issues, yeah. You've got issues. Yeah. Now listen, some of you are enjoying that far too much. We're going to have an invitation in just a little while, and you need to be the first ones down here. I, I, I love doing I, I notice when couples have been married for a long time, the, the husband will, will turn and start to say that. No, I ain't saying that to her, preacher. I, I, got, I got to go home. I, I get it. I, I'm just simply telling you folks that for just a little while, could we remove the religious mask? And we, could we just admit, God, we need you so desperately. My church, your church, my home, your home, my family, your family, my community, your community, my city, your city, my state, your state. Oh, God, we need you to move like never before. It's interesting. This incredible revival, listen to me tonight, began with the persecution of Stephen. God took what the enemy meant for harm mm, and made it for our good and for his glory. 
what the enemy thinks is going to destroy you could be the very thing God uses to restore you. Could I say that again? What the enemy thinks he is using to destroy you. I don't know what it is. There's some troubling issue in your life, in your home, in your family, in your church. And what the enemy thinks he's using to destroy you is the very thing God is going to use to restore you. Because it finally gets you to the end of yourself. That's a good place to be. Number two, not only difficult times, but look at secondly, verse 20. Watch this. There'll be gospel preaching. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Number one, there'll be difficult times in a real revival. Secondly, there'll be Jesus preaching in a real revival. Now, I won't spend as much time here because I know First Baptist Pelham well, and I know your heartbeat, and I know your former pastor, Brother Mike Shaw, and your dear pastor now. It's been here for five years. Man, to God be the glory. I, I know this church is a Jesus-preaching church. Can I get an amen? So I won't spend as much time here, but i got to hit it just a moment, friend. I'm going to tell you, when God shows up, He's going to show up when the emphasis, the focus is on His Son, Jesus. If there was ever a time we needed to see Jesus, man, it is now. And I'm telling you, God shows up when the focus is not on the pastor, it's not on the worship team, it's not on the staff, it's not on the facilities, it's not on the programs, it's not on the denomination. God shows up when the focus is on His Son, Jesus Christ. Because I know you know this, but I just want to ring your bell a moment if I may. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one better or bigger. There's no one stronger. There's no one higher. There's no one like Jesus. Man, he's incredible. Jesus is phenomenal. He's amazing. He's off the chain and off the chart. I wish I had the words to tell you how magnificent and how marvelous and how great our Jesus is. The Bible says he is the mighty God. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the everlasting father. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the fairest of 10,000. He is the lily of the valley. Oh, I'm telling you, there's no one like Jesus. He's my helper. He's my healer. He's my defender. He's my deliverer. He is my rewarder. He is my rebuilder. He is my savior. He is my maker. He's my mender. He's my provider. He's my protector. Listen, there's nobody like Jesus. It's Jesus in the morning and Jesus at noontime and Jesus in the evening. There's nobody like Jesus, friend. I'm going to tell you, I love the worship tonight. You know why? Because you were singing about Jesus. And I could see the joy of Jesus coming out of you. And I know your pastor. I've heard many of his sermons. I've watched this whole revival. And I know you've been preaching on Jesus. Why? Because I'm telling you, God will show up when his people focus on his son. We lift high the name of Jesus. There's no, the Bible says at the name of Jesus. Don't make me run out there. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. You better believe one day every atheist, one day every agnostic, one day Ellen DeGenerate, one day Oprah Winfrey, one day Nancy Pelosi, one day, listen, Joe Biden, one day Donald Trump, one day every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's nobody like Jesus. Woo! 
don't you love that? I, I just love that. They were telling them the good news about Jesus. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, you want revival? You want revival? It happens during difficult times, and it happens when we preach Jesus. I love the fact that your pastor and your church preaches Jesus. Number three, I've only got four. Are you okay? You all right? Yo, I'm not sure if some of you aren't breathing. Look at your neighbor and ask them, are you okay? You okay? Number three, watch this now. There'll be God's power. Mm. Look at our text. It's in the very next verse, Acts 11, verse 21. And so the Lord's hand was with them. Would you read that with me tonight, church? Come on, here we go. Ready? The Lord's hand was with them. Would you say that again? The Lord's hand was with them. One more time. The Lord's hand was with them. Wow. And a great number of people believed and they turned to the Lord. The Lord's hand was with them. What a powerful statement that is. Aren't you tired of the church of God trying to do the work of God without the power of God? I said earlier, we have more churches than we've ever had. And yet we really have a bigger mess than we've ever had. Why? For some reason, I, I don't know all the answers. But somewhere along the line, hear me now, we learn to do church without God. We know how to orchestrate church. We, we get it. We know how to organize. We, we, we know how to build a service. We can build charisma into it. We, we know how to prime the pump. We know how to gain a crowd. We know how to move emotions. But somewhere along the line, the church of God has lost the power of God. And I'm preaching to my church. I'm preaching to your church. I'm telling you, friends, there is a lost world out there. This world is getting darker. This world is depressing and discouraging. And what happens when a lost person finally crawls into church? What do they they typically find they find dry dull dead religion God forgive us where is the power of God in our churches Jesus said it this way upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not stand in the way of the church of Almighty God I'm gonna tell you when I crisscross churches and preach I find a lot of churches just trying to hold on till Jesus comes we're just trying to make it Hurry, Jesus, come soon. We're not going to be able to pay the power bill. The lights are going to go off. We're not going to make it. Hurry. Let me tell you, that's not the church Jesus Christ died for. I'm telling you, when we're walking in the power of God and the Spirit of God and the anointing of God, hand in hand, marching against the demon and the devils, I'm telling you, the Bible says the gates of all hell shall not stand in the way of the church of Almighty God. Listen, when the people of God come to the house of God and they hear the man of God preach the word of God and sing the praises of God and feel the presence of God, let me tell you, the devil and his demons tremble. Where is that in our church? Where is that kind of power? I'm going to tell you, you want revival? The hands. The Lord's hand was with him. You know, I would love people to say that about our church, my church. It's not a perfect church. Good night, look at the pastor. I'll tell you one thing. I don't know how to explain this. I, I, don't, know, I, don't, know how to, I don't know how to unpack this for you. But I'm telling you, when they gather, something happens. I know it sounds facetious, but I'd love to get to the point where people pull in a parking lot and the power of God falls on them. It's not an accident you're on this busy road right out here. Hundreds, thousands of cars driving by this beautiful facility and worship center every day. 
wouldn't it be incredible if they could feel the power of God? Romans 1.16. Did the president win? There was, a, there was somebody. There was a... Have we got an announcement? Was that an announcement? Okay. Anyway. That's somebody's pizza being delivered. Anyway, so uh, Romans 1.16 says it this way. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Why? It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The hand, the, the hand of the Lord was with you. And we can have church. You can schedule revival. You can have incredible worship pastors and ministers and talented singers. And you can build beautiful facilities. And you can have wonderful fellowship and great friendships. And we can sing great songs. But if the power of God doesn't fall, not much for eternity is going to be accomplished. Walk out of this place and say, I'll tell you what. <laughs> the presence and the power of God was in this place. God's power. Number four. Don't get excited. It's a long one. <laughs> I know some of you said, he's already on number four. We're getting ready to go home, Ethel. No, just hang on. Number four, <laughs> there'll be some obvious results. Obvious results. Now watch this, verse 22 and 23. So news of this, news of what? Well, we just read about it, right? News that the hand of the Lord was with this church at Antioch, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord, right? That's verse 21. So news of this, news of this revival, news of this movement of God, this awakening that's happening in the church of Antioch, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem. Now just stop there a moment. That's pretty incredible. Because these churches were literally miles, hundreds of miles away. And in those days, they didn't have all the technology we have. They're not, they're not, you know, they don't have a way to communicate quickly. They're not texting anyone. There's no Facebook. There's no Twitter. Nobody's hashtagging God was in the house. That's not happening. Not in that day. And yet news of this revival, the revival in Antioch, reached the, the ears, reached the church in Jerusalem. And they heard about this movement. They heard about God moving. And so they said, hey, look, Barnabas... We're going to send you down to Antioch to find out what God's happening. We want to know what God's doing. And so they tell Barney, get your one bullet and get... Some of you teenagers, just Google Barney Fife. Would you do that? Just It's F-I-F-E, just Google Barney Fife. But some of you older folks, you get what I'm saying. Barney, get your one bullet and you get down there to Antioch and you find out, you tell us what is going on, Right? So they send Barnabas down. This is the church of Jerusalem. They send this representative, Barney, right, down to Antioch to find out what's going on. Man, we hear about this. The Lord's hand is with them. A great number of people believing. They're turning to the Lord. So what does he find? Very next verse, last verse. And when he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, 
He shows up in this church and he sees the grace of God. Now let me ask you something. How do you see the grace of God? Uh, one translation says he saw evidence of the grace of God. You kind of see the results of the grace. It's like the wind, right? You say, boy, the wind was really blowing up there. Did you see it? No. What you saw was the trees, right? You saw the limbs bending. You saw the leaves falling. You saw the result of the high winds, right? And so when Barnabas gets to Antioch, the Bible says he sees evidence. He sees what the grace of God has done. So what did he see? I, I, I don't know, but I have one good suggestion. I believe what he saw was changed lives. When he got there, he saw what the power of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God was doing in people's lives. A great number of people believed and they turned to the Lord. And he saw that. He saw what God's grace was doing in the people's lives. And I can see that here tonight. I look around this place. It's as if Barnabas had known some of these folks beforehand, before Christ. And he gets down there to this church. Could I just come down there a moment? Let me do this. And he gets down there to this church. That's easier than jumping now that I'm 56. But anyway, and what does he see? He sees changed lives. And it's as if he, he says, oh, I need, tell me your name. Tell me your name. Bobby, this is what you get for sitting up close, right? He'll never sit here again, right? right. So Bobby's here, right? And, and this is Ashley. We married? Okay, just want to make sure first before I get, went down this road. And so anyway, uh, if, if not, we could have a ceremony here. But anyway, so <laughs> Bobby and Ashley, we're at the church, aren't we? we got a pastor. we got worship. Okay, so it's as, if, it's as if Barnabas knew Bobby ahead of time. And before he was saved, he was mean as a snake. He was arrogant. He was prideful. She's saying, come on, more, more. Yeah, so anyway, right? And then he meets Christ, and God changes his life. All of his attitudes begin to change. Now, he's not perfect. He hadn't arrived. Nobody has. God's still, God's still working on him, right? Amen. So, yeah, he's still got some areas right. But God's changing him. That's the grace of God. He's changing all of us. I haven't arrived. Someone has said it this way. I, I'm not what I want to be sometimes. I'm not even what I ought to be sometimes. But thank God, thank God, I'm not what I used to be. He's changing me. That's the grace of God. God is changing you. He's changing you, sir. He's changing you, man. That's just how the Spirit of God works. You can't just stay mean. Hey, I'm just mean. My pappy's mean. My grandma. We just mean folk, preacher. She knew it when she married me. No, God won't let you stay mean. He's changing you, right? He's changing. And aren't you different after you've met Jesus? Has this ever happened to you? Uh, you, you, let's, you've been waiting on a parking place, right? And you've been waiting for that spot, and, and you've got it eyed out, and it's kind of close to the entrance door. And about the time you're going to pull in, but you're waiting for them to pull out. By the way, why do people get in their car to leave and look at their receipt for two and a half hours? Why do they do that? Have you ever noticed that? It bothers the daylights out. I'm just hey, pull, you can look at the receipt at home, pull out. People are trying to get your parking place. They pull apart. I'm really spiritual. Anyway, so you know. And so, and, so, and so finally they pull out, and a car, you didn't even think, zooms around the corner and zooms into that spot you've been waiting on for 90 minutes. And I'm telling you, it starts in your toes. Come on, now, don't be religious on me. Come on, works your way. I've been around your pastor. He got a, and, and really, yeah, his hair don't stand up, but you know, it's, you know what I'm saying. It just, and so you, you know what I'm saying. And, and, and you, you've, even, you've even thought, you've thought this. And you, you might have even said this. Maybe you even said it. If you're riding with somebody, your spouse, you might. It's a good thing that happened after I met Jesus. 
because, girl, I'm telling you, it would have been on if I hadn't met Jesus. <laughs> Come on now, you understand what I'm saying. But why don't you get out of the car at that point and drag them out and, you know, discipline them in the name of Jesus? Why don't you do that? Why? The Holy Spirit of God is restraining you. He's changing you. And that's what Barnabas saw. That's the beauty of the grace of God. He's changing us. So why do we have revival? Good night. We just had one last year. Well, you had a bath last week. You might need another one. You don't. <laughs> why? Because God changes us through the worship and the Word. It's the Spirit of God working on us. And I just love this beautiful picture that Barnabas travels all the way from Jerusalem to Antioch and he gets to this church to find out what in the world is going on. And the Bible says he sees what the grace of God had done. If there was ever a time we needed the grace of God to mold us, to change us, to grow us, wouldn't it be now with all the chaos and the hatred and the animosity that the left-wing liberal media tries to portray in our nation? Wouldn't it be great for us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world? There's ne I told my church, there's never been a better time to live out your faith than right now. He said, this world's dark, but Jesus is light. There's never been a better time than right now. Live out your life. That's the grace of God working in your life. He saw the grace of God. And then notice what his response was. Notice what his response was. He was glad. Did you see that? He was glad. Why? He saw people's lives being changed. I think I may have told you about this senior adult. He was kind of having a midlife crisis. And so he goes out and he buys a Corvette. And he's out driving, you know, one afternoon. And he sees a policeman behind him. And instead of pulling over, he speeds up. He said, man, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not pulling over. He's doing 100, 110, 120. Finally, he decides, my gosh, I've lost my mind. They're going to throw me in prison. He pulls over. The state trooper comes up beside him and says, sir, what in the world were you doing? Listen, it's late Friday afternoon. If you can give me an excuse I've never heard before, I'm going to let you go first. And without hesitation, the older man, going through a midlife crisis, looked at the state trooper and said, Sir, you're not going to believe this, but several years ago, my wife ran off with a state trooper. And the state trooper said, Oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. He said, No, 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 I thought you were bringing her back. <laughs> See, the grace of God is changing us. Now, now watch this. When, it, when he sees what the grace of God had done... His natural reaction. This is, what, this is how we respond as God's people to the grace of God. This is how we respond when we're in a worship service and we're singing about this great God and we're singing about this resurrection and we're singing about our faith. And th This is what happens when you hear the man of God and he's breaking the word of God to you. This is what happens when you get with the people of God. This is what happens when you're in the presence of God. Do you know what our natural reaction is? He was glad. Would you say that with me? Come on, church. He was glad. Now listen, some of you, you got to smile when you say it. He was glad. <laughs> say it, Bertha. He'll let us go. He was glad. Say it. You got, if you got any teeth, now's the time to show them. Okay, you ready? He was glad. Here we go. He was glad. Don't you love that? Don't you? You know, I, what I loved about your worship, I just sat over there and I drank it in. And I, I leaned over to your pastor. I don't mean to and I said to him, I, I don't know if this is right. 
I said, it is so cool to see the worship. And I noticed there was an older fella up here playing the, the bass guitar. Did y'all see that? Yeah. And I don't, know if he, I don't know how old he is. I'm not doing his funeral. I'm just saying he wasn't a teenager. And I thought, you know, he's up there. And I thought, how cool it is that he's up there. A lot of adjustments in worship for him. And I, I don't know. Is he even here now? Is he he's here? He's probably out back smoking a cigarette. But anyway, he's up. <laughs> oh, where is he? Is he back? That's what I Okay, anyway, so I, I'm just, forgive me, but anyway, I'm just, this, see, this is what happens when the Spirit of God, you just lose your mind. Anyway, I'm just telling you, I, this is my last time, it was been good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'll never be back, never be back again, thank you. But anyway, I, I'm just saying, he was glad, right? The Bible says I was glad. You, you think about this. You, you just think about it. I'm almost done. Now. Stay with me. Think about this. Lost people right now, this world is so cruel. Right now, life is so difficult, and people are so disillusioned. They are totally confused. They're overwhelmed. Anxiety and stress it is an all-time high. They tell us now that suicide is an all-time high. It, it, this is a, it's a difficult time right now. And folks, they, they look to God. They look to the church. And what do they find in many places? There's no passion. There's no energy. There's no enthusiasm. And you love how they led worship tonight, man. Passion. What you find in many places is just dry, dull, dead religion. I just love the fact he, he was glad. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Laughter does good like a medicine, right? Where is that in our churches? And I know, I understand the bound. Well, if we get too far out of control, preacher, um, we're not even on the radar yet. So you can just relax. We're not, we're not even registering yet. You know, we're just working on smiling right now. That's all we're working on. You know? <laughs> right? I always say people, are like, I'm just scared. We're going to get out of control. I'd much rather have to tame a fanatic than raise a corpse, wouldn't you? I mean, much rather get up and say, I know God's good, and I know your sins are forgiven. I know you got a home in heaven, but you're scaring me. You need to calm down. Typically, that's not what we're, typically we're checking for a pulse in most of our churches, right? Anybody alive? Anybody out there? Yeah, hey. Any joy, any happiness? Got your sins forgiven? Yeah. Well, tell your face, evidently, it ain't got the message. You know what I'm saying? You ought to see what we see when we look out there. You know, people got their arms crossed, got their lips stuck out so far they can sit on it and swing their legs. I love Jesus. I just hate people. No, it doesn't work that way. Hey, the Bible says Barnabas shows up. He sees the grace of God, and he was glad. Let me just say this, and I'll move on to the last little thought. You can tell a whole lot about what makes you glad. I moved down here 15 years ago. I discovered pretty quickly the church is a whole lot better when Alabama and Auburn went on Saturday. It's a whole lot better. I can tell you who won't be there when someone loses. I can, I can, the, 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 the spiritual temperature of our church, I can tell. You don't even have to, I, I, don't even, I, I don't even have to watch the game. I can tell you who won and who lost. I'm not down on sports. I love sports. I grew up, you know, my dad's a PE teacher for 30 years. I love, I, I'm just simply saying, you can't get more excited about a game. A hundred years from now, you won't even know. Well, some of you will, but I'm just saying. So it won't make a hill of beans difference. But you can't get more excited about a game than you do your Savior. Can I get a, can I get a witness in the church tonight? Amen. 
All right, last thought. He was glad. And watch what he does. I love this. He arrives. He's traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. He sees what the grace of God has done. He's glad. And then watch what he does. He ends with a challenge. Uh, in church, we call it an exhortation. That's a big fancy word for challenge. All right? He, he, he encourages them all to remain true to the Lord with all your heart. So he gets there, right? A great number of people believe they've turned to the Lord, right? Verse 21, I think it is, right? And then the Bible, he sees what the grace of God has done. So there's this great revival happening. God is in the house. Man, you can cut it with a knife. You can feel it. You can sit it. You've been there and so have I, where God just shows up and shows down. He said, man, it's just so incredible. I wish it never end. It's just so powerful and so wonderful. And people are being saved and lives are being changed and, and marriages are being restored and bodies are being healed and the addicts are being set free and generational curses are being broken off families I mean you can just see the power of God is real he's changing people's lives forever there's a great celebration what a mountaintop experience and then Barnabas says now be very careful make sure now you realize this is not about you it's not your personality, it's not your charisma, it's not your worship style, it's not your talents, and it's not your education, it's not your programs, it has nothing to do with you. Remember, it has everything to do with Him. Stay true to the Lord with all your heart. Stay true to God. Why? Because only Jesus only Jesus can save your soul and forgive your sin and heal your heart. If you walk out of this place in just a minute, not yet, just in a minute, remember, there's nobody like Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take Him at His word. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, come on. How I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. Boy, I don't know about you, but I want revival. We need it. I need it. My church, your church, your home, my home. Our nation, what better time on this election night for God to break out at First Baptist Pelican? I want to go back to my church Sunday, and they said, what happened? I said, I went over there to Pelham, Alabama, <laughs> and God showed up. Can I get an amen? Would you pray with me? You may be live streaming with us tonight. You may be sitting in this worship center. And you realize tonight you've never truly given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Hear me tonight. You've got religion but no relationship. The greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is to give your life to Christ. I've never met a person, not one, not one, that has ever regretted giving their heart and life to Jesus Christ. If that's you tonight, sir, if that's you, ma'am, we beg you, we plead with you, just to get up where you're at. You make your way down to this pastor, one of this staff, and say, man, I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. 
maybe tonight you just want to come and pray. And I don't know where you guys are at, social distance, however the Spirit of God leads you. But I want to tell you, this pastor's here, this altar's open. If you just want to come and say, God, we need you in this place. We need revival. I need revival. I'm not leaving here, God, the same way I came. God, I need you tonight. You come to this altar. You can kneel. You can come and sit on these front pews if you're not able to physically kneel. I'm just asking you, whatever you need to do, you may just want to get on your knees where you're at. I'm just asking you, whatever you do, don't leave here the same way you came. Lord, speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name.